solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talk. As always, I am your host, John Summer Sports Guy Hickman, here to tell you about Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacocks and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Matt and Brian give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news, insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Cannot do this show by myself. Will not do this show by myself. Passing it off to the man at training camp, Cody Davis. Ending off our week, it's Friday. A whole lot has happened since Wednesday. <laughs> you know, let's get let's get into it. Let's discuss it all. And on this Friday installment of Locked On Texans to close out the week, John and I want to take a look at some observations from day two of training camp, which features two defensive backs who I think might have an opportunity to make a very good impact on this team. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans by looking at the running back group by committee because with David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay all on the field together, this is going to be a much improved run game in 2021. However, I want to get this Friday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off with something that I talked about on yesterday and got a little bit more confirmation on today. And that is the position change that is going on with Titus Howard. And if you guys did not have the opportunity to get around to that episode yet, just a quick recap on day one of training camp, I noticed that Titus Howard was getting some reps in at left guard. And at the time, Time, I did not know whether or not that was because Lane Taylor and Marcus Cannon was out because both of them as of July 30th, 2021, they are still on the pub list. Or was it because James Campen was experimenting with the offensive line, getting what type of combinations he could use in order to improve the production on the offensive line. On yesterday, I had an opportunity to speak to a member of the coaching staff and they told me that James Campen is experimenting experimenting with the offensive line and one of the things that he is experimenting with is trying to get Titus Howard to play at left guard they told me that James Campen loved the versatility that Titus Howard has and he also told me due to Titus Howard agility and his strength coming off the offensive line, he feel that placing Titus Howard at left guard next to Laramie Tunsil will make this offensive line a little bit more better going into next season uh, it means a couple of things. They do not have faith in Max Sharpen anymore. But more importantly, I think on a more positive note, they're going to load up on that left side, put their most talented players on that left side, and force teams to figure out how they're going to create penetration throughout the way. Also, it means that they believe Marcus Cannon will start the season in right tackle. That was something that was a discussion throughout all season, whether or not he will play right guard, which he has in the past, whether or not he will play right tackle, which he's dominated in the past as well. I look at who we have in James Campen, also his relationship, you know, with Lane Taylor as well. I think this offensive line unit will be pretty good, but it, it shows a couple of things, as I mentioned. They don't believe Max Sharpen will be a part of this unit, at least as a starter for the foreseeable future. And uh, 
they really believe that giving the running back by committee group, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead as of right now, the best opportunity to win and create a pressure for the running backs to have an opportunity to get to that second to get to that second level, I think they're going to go with their left side. Hey, I'll tell you this, man, in high school, which is a very long time ago, the best side was the left side. Shout out to my boy Coop and Big Joe uh, and my boy Tremaine. We used to line up on the left side. And Kenny Duckworth used to what kid did it finish the season off with? Almost 2,000 yards. You know, kind of cutting on back a little bit, but that was high school, which is a long way. We're talking about the pros and the, and the Texans, but I, I like it because at the very least, you can always move them back and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we can even the line out because from the center on to the left tackle, talent-wise, I think the line will be a little uneven. So they may want to look at that. But the experimenting right now is, is good because, you know, these coaches are new. They're not the same coaches that was here before. Even some of the coaches that are still around from the previous regime, you know, these coaches need to get their own feel and don't want to necessarily get advice from them. They just want to see what the best option to succeed at every level will be. John, I agree with everything that you just said, but my only issue with this is, look, I think we can all agree that the best offensive lineman that the Texans have on his roster is Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil. But if you beef up the left side of the offensive line, doesn't that leave the right side a little bit vulnerable? And I do want to mention this as well. The Texans are going to be playing some very good pass rushers for this upcoming season. J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald. Those guys are going to be coming in and attacking the quarterback and attacking the run game from the right side of their offensive line. And look, I get it. Marcus Cannon is not no scrub. However, you do got to take into consideration that he is getting up there in age. Plus, he is coming off a year where he did not play football because he set out due to COVID. And I also want to mention the only reason why he is not participating in training camp today is because he is still recovering from a knee procedure that he had, I think it was a month or so ago. Early on, it may be a problem. Don't rule out Roger Johnson either. You know, Marcus Kennedy may be slid down to that right guard. Roger Johnson, who's the backup left tackle, he may get shifted over to right tackle if uh, Lane Taylor isn't ready to go or Charlie Heck is ready to go. And Charlie Heck had a, you know, a hard time last year. It was his, his rookie year with no training camp, but he had a hard time. So I can see a scenario where uh, Roger Johnson may get some playing time this year at that position. For Houston, you know, whoever they go against, I suspect that, you know, as I mentioned before, the tight ends will be more involved in the uh, office this year, not only pass catching, but, you know, giving some chip blocks, helping their right tackle win some of those one-on-ones. You never know what's going to happen. I will say that if we are looking at what gives them the best opportunity to create a push, you know, it, it may be some traps. It may be some power O's that can be ran to the right side. You know, it may be a 26 power road in there because Titus Howard is very athletic. You know, he can, he can move. He's played multiple positions in his life. He played quarterback at one time. 
So he came over to Houston. They look at that as a centerpiece for this offense to, to go through more pulling plays for their left guard to create more opportunity for their running back to succeed at the second level. Houston does have a lot of linemen they can play around with. Bibbar has a lot of flavors you can play around and choose from. Coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, and of course you have your occasional limited time flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only four grams, and only four grams net carbs. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans. John and I are going to continue talking about observations that we were able to see during day two of training camp. John, before switching over to the defensive side of the ball, I do want to point this out. Davis Mills did not look so good on yesterday. I had an opportunity to watch him doing 11 on 11 drills, and he went 0 from 3 from the pocket. There was an opportunity and there was a chance for him to complete a pass between him and Brevin Jordan, but Brevin Jordan dropped the ball. And yes, Davis Mills did place the ball perfectly in his hands, but Brevin Jordan couldn't catch it. And speaking of Brevin Jordan, I hate to mention this as well. Brevin Jordan, I had an opportunity to watch him commit a fumble. I know it's still early, but those two guys did not look great on yesterday when I analyzed his rookie class. However, just like day one, Nico Collins, was good once again. And that's okay for Mills, you know. This is day two of training camp for him on yesterday. Uh, and he's in Houston's heat. You know, he's coming from Cali, baby. He's not – he's coming from the Pac-12 where it's cool outside around this time. It ain't hot like this. He probably he probably needed something to eat or something. His, his energy was down. He needed some more Gatorade, Space Jam juice. I don't know, but <laughs> it's expected from a rookie quarterback who, by the way, didn't play a lot in college, so he's still learning the game. Uh did see that Deshaun gave him some advice today. Those two were chopping mm-hmm. it up a little bit on, on the sidelines, so that's good and that's encouraging. It doesn't seem like Deshaun Watson wants to, uh, I guess, isolate himself and not give some game to the young ones, and I, and I like that. You know, he's, he's not going to be here, but – while he is here, you know, we, we really don't know what's going on internally with the players it's themselves. But seeing that was very encouraging. Cody, I did want to get to the DBs, though. Keon Cross and Desmond King, two of the stars for the day. What did you see while he was out there? Keon Crossan, I think we can all agree that he is on the bubble of making a 53-man roster. But if he continues to go out there and showcase what he can do, just like he has been over these last two days, I think he has a realistic possibility of, of, of making the team. And I say that because on yesterday, when I was watching the DBs take on the wide receivers, I watched Keon Crossan break up two pass attempts, one of which was a pass attempt between Tyrod Taylor and Kiki QT. And there was this one moment where I watched Crossan use his physicality in order to make the route running for Chris Conley a living hell. Because of Keon Crossan, Chris Conley was slipping and sliding all over the field. I like that because it showed that he is not afraid to go out there and be physical with these receivers. Because a lot of times when he step out there on the field during the regular season, depending on his matchup, there's a great possibility that he's going to be the underdog. 
And if he could go out there and get one or two pass deflections and be physical with the receiver, that is something that's going to keep Keon crossing around. And that's something that's going to make him reliable in the secondary. And I also want to mention Desmond King. John, you have been extremely high on King ever since the Texans signed him. And I'm happy to report back to you and the listeners that King has been playing really well over these last two days, especially on Thursday. King was able to record a pass deflection between Tyrod Taylor and Chris Conley. You know, I, I don't want to keep picking on Chris Conley, but Chris Conley did not have a good day as well. You know, as I mentioned, um, the physicality of Keon Crossing had him slipping and sliding all over the field when he was trying to complete his route running, and he did not have an opportunity to catch a completion over Desmond King. I think a steal for Houston was absolutely Desmond King in the offseason. People overlooked that a lot. Uh, because he will be the cornerback that can make plays and kind of do a little bit of everything for you at that nickel position. Reminds me a little bit of Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson was able to finally learn the NFL a little bit. Because his first couple of years, you know, it, it wasn't as good as his last couple of years in Houston. But he was very valuable for that defense because he was able to consistently make plays. And for Desmond King in Houston, that's a match made in heaven because they needed that. They needed somebody that's going to be able to make plays. And Desmond King is the guy that can do it. Uh, as far as Keon crossing, Keon has always been highly talked about. You know, even if we go back last year and look at the Bill O'Brien time, he was spoken about highly last year. I just Keon is a guy that you can put in, plug and play in different situations. And there's times where he can succeed, there's times he won't. And I think that's fair. You know, as, as long as Philip Gaines isn't out there, I'm fine. I'm fine without, you know, I can't, we, I, don't, I don't think this city can do any more of him. But I do think this secondary would be a whole lot better. The cornerback room would be a whole lot better because, you know, something's telling me that they will just be coached better. I think they will be in a position to uh, succeed. And, you know, God bless his soul, Anthony Weaver just wasn't the man for the job last year. And do we know if Lovey Smith is? Not really, but he's done his job before. So let's see what he can do moving forward. But I do like Desmond King a whole lot at that nickel position. And speaking of Lovey Smith, I do want to mention this. You know, we all had an idea that with Lovey Smith coming in, he was going to be hands-on on that on that defensive line. However, through these first two days of training camp, Lovey Smith has spent an extended amount of time around the DBs and the linebackers. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com 
Chainsaws have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the Texans doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get the daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks, Lee Sterling's lock of the day as well. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to Philip Lindsay. Why? He is taking everything personal. He, you know, spoke to the media yesterday and uh, doesn't get why everybody is calling them like, what he said in his words, scum buckets, you know. But uh, he's a part of this running back group. Mark Ingram took some first team snaps yesterday, Cody. Where is this running back group as of right now? Only two days in, so you can't tell. You really won't be able to tell until you have your first preseason game. But does it look like because of his veteran presence, Mark Ingram will be RB1 and Philip Lindsay will be RB2? Or could situation on week to week on who they play? I think it's going to really depend on the game plan, one, and the matchup. Because during these first two days, especially on yesterday, I had a, I studied and watched the running back group for an extremely long time on yesterday. You you could not get a sense of who was going to be the starting running back come week one of the regular season. Mark Ingram was the leadoff man for every single drill that the running back group did. However, I do want to mention every time the Texans did seven on seven drills or 11 on 11 drills most more so the 11 on 11 drills mark ingram philip Lindsay, and david johnson all three of those guys split reps amongst the first team which lets me know that the texans are truly living by the example of having a running back group by committee and i do want to mention with david johnson through these first two days it seemed like they're going to definitely utilize his ability as a pass catcher and the third down back Similar to what we watched Duke Johnson be during his two seasons here in Houston. And then you got to look at where does that leave Rex Burkhead, you know, as of right now. Will Rex Burkhead be one of those early cuts, you know, early in the season after week one or week two of preseason? Uh, I do think for Houston, and here's an interesting quote from Justin Britt, actually. I wanted to mention this. Justin Briss said, you want to control the game by running the ball. You control the clock. You set the tone. We want to run the ball. We have the group to do it. That's my mindset I'm going to bring. Of course, Justin Britt is actually coming from a run-dominant organization aside of the last couple of years with Russell Wilson ascending how he has. But I do think, to Justin Britt's point, hey, I think, I think Houston can do it with this group. I believe that Philip Lindsay can be the young back for this team moving forward. It's also worth noting that the Texans couldn't run the ball to save their life last year. The year prior, when they lost to KC in the divisional round, they were ranked ninth in the league. In 2012, which is probably their best year, they were ranked eighth in the league. Both years, top half 
in time of possession. 2012, they were first in the league. Both of those years resulted in Houston having winning records. One year, 11-5, a couple years ago, 12-4, their best record for the franchise history in 2012. Running the ball for a team like this who will not open the season with a dynamic quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who honestly, I feel like he has to have some regrets when you look out on this field and see the difference in this makeup of the team, right? This isn't the best team that he's ever played with for Houston, of course. Not the team that had featured J.J. Watt, featured DeAndre Hopkins, uh, that, those great those great years. But this is the best offensive line unit, and it could very well be the best running back group. You run the ball effectively with this team, that could result in winning a couple of more games just because you're going to keep the other offense off the field. Uh, and I, and I, I, we've, we've mentioned this a long time ago. The moment that they signed Mark Ingram, brought in Philip Lindsay, got rid of Duke Johnson, I looked at this roster and how they was building the offensive line. I said, hey, they're going to run the ball a lot this year, which is why I added that they're going to be a two tight end set type of team, I believe. I have no doubt that this team can finish top 15 in the league if they run the ball this year. I'm just a sports guy, Hickman. So sorry that I was under the weather for today. I apologize, but I will be back better and stronger next week. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.